Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to, if you don't like that, another NBA season. And today I will preview the Western Conference of the NBA and the Sacramento Kings. But first, I want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. Leak detection, water line repair, plumbing repair, bathroom plumbing. New Works is a full-service plumbing solution. No matter how small or how large your plumbing problem, they've got a fix for you. Locally owned for over 20 years, just go to newworksplumbing.com. That's N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com for all of your plumbing needs and repairs. And remember, if you happen to have an emergency in the middle of the night, no problem. New Works will be there with their 24-7 service. That's newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W. WRXplumbing.com. The NBA kicks off tonight with two games, including the world champion Golden State Warriors hosting the Lakers. Speaking of the NBA, tomorrow on my YouTube live channel, if you don't like that with Grant Napier, Jerry Reynolds will be with me. We'll talk a lot of Sacramento Kings. We'll get Jerry's thoughts on the rest of the NBA. That is coming up tomorrow at 3 o'clock Pacific on my YouTube channel, if you don't like that. So what about the West this year? The West is still very deep with the Golden State Warriors, of course, looking to win another title, and they look like they are poised to do so. You know, you don't have Otto Porter Jr., Gary Payton, uh, the second goes to Portland. They're relying more on Moses Moody and Jonathan Kamiga to pick up the slack of those guys, and, you know, both were very impressive. And so, you know, the Warriors have Steph Curry. And there's no other team in the NBA that has Steph Curry. And for that reason, I think the Golden State Warriors are as good as any team in the Western Conference. However, I don't think the Warriors are going to be the number one seed in the West because I think they realize it doesn't matter to them. They're so good and they can win on the road. They're comfortable going on the road that the number one seed for the Golden State Warriors is not nearly as important as it is to Denver to Memphis, to some of the other teams, the L.A. Clippers, although I think the Clippers are another team that would have no problem going and winning on the road. So to me, the Warriors will be in the NBA Finals as long as they're healthy. But I don't think they're going to be there as the number one seed. I think the one team from last year that is going to fall out of the top eight are the Utah Jazz. They are clearly in a rebuild mode. Obviously, uh, the Stifle Tower in Rudy Gobert is now in Minnesota. Donovan Mitchell is now in Cleveland. 
And so the Jazz, to me, have hit the reset button, and for that reason, I'm going to remove them from last year's top eight. Who am I going to put in in the top eight in the West? And in what particular order am I going to put them in? The L.A. Clippers are deep. The L.A. Clippers are poised to have a really good year. The question is, how many games is Kawhi Leonard going to play? The Clippers last year without Kawhi were 42-40. and 40. Are they going to you know, treat him with kid gloves, give him a lot of nights off? How will that affect the overall standings? I'm looking at the Denver Nuggets. And I'll tell you why I'm looking at the Denver Nuggets. Michael Porter Jr. is back. Jamal Murray returning 100% from injury. Murray is a big piece of what they do. Porter Jr. with his back, I can't really count on him. But if Murray is indeed 100% and it looks like he is, you go along with Nikola Jokic, the Denver Nuggets are really, really good. So I'm going to take in the West, and I'm going to put the Denver Nuggets at number one, okay? What about the Phoenix Suns with some offseason drama involving DeAndre Ayton? He had mentioned on media day, he had not talked to Monty Williams, but this is about who do you have on the floor? And the Phoenix Suns are still really good, assuming that Chris Paul and Devin Booker can duplicate what they did a year ago. The Phoenix Suns, to me, are still the real deal, and I'm going to put them at the number two seed behind the Denver Nuggets. After that, Golden State, to me, is three, and the LA Clippers, I'm going to put it four. Those are my top four seeds. Now, Grant, I know people are going, gee, how come you don't have the Memphis Grizzlies? I'll tell you why. The Grizzlies are going to be without Jaron Jackson Jr. for about half the season, and I think that's going to impact or impact rather their seating. And so for that reason, I'm going to drop Memphis a little bit in the West because of the absence of Jackson. Good rebounder, good player, and I think that is going to have an impact where they're going to fall a couple of spots. So I like Denver 1. I like Phoenix 2, I like Golden State 3, I like the LA Clippers 4, and I like Memphis 5. Then, the Minnesota Timberwolves. So what will the addition of Rudy Gobert mean for that team? Minnesota was good last year, I think they're going to be good again this year, and I'm going to put them in the 6th spot in the Western Conference. Now, what about New Orleans? What about Dallas? They lose Brunson to the Knicks. But they have Luka Doncic, and the Mavericks are still relevant in the West, although I think they're not going to be as good. I'm going to put them at number seven. And then the real question mark to me in the West is Zion Williamson, and how many games is Zion Williamson going to be able to play this year? New Orleans got hot at the end of the year after a horrible start. They made it into the top eight after winning the play-in tournament. I think the Pelicans are going to finish in eighth. So then what about the play-in at nine and ten? Can you tell me how many games LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to play together? They're already without Dennis Schroeder for about a month. You know, we got hamstring issues with Westbrook. But if, and again, this is an if, if Anthony Davis and LeBron James could play 70 games together, that alone, to me, would put the Lakers at at least 41 and 41. So they might finish in eighth, but I'm going to put them in ninth in the West. I'm going to put them in ninth. So then you have Sacramento, 
You have Portland. You have San Antonio. You have Oklahoma City. You have Utah. You have Houston fighting for that 10th spot. What about the Sacramento Kings? I think the Kings this year are as deep as they have been in a while. I like their bench. I think that Monty McNair has done a very nice job in rounding out that bench. They got very lucky in the lottery, moving up from what looked like number seven to number four, and it looks to me like they've got a franchise type of a player or at least a very good player in Keegan Murray. Okay, I look at the Kings' schedule. They should beat Portland coming up tomorrow. Then they've got the Clippers. After the Clips, at the Warriors, home Memphis, home Miami, those are your first five games. If the Kings could somehow win three, that would be huge, but I'd take two and three. That win tomorrow has got to happen against Portland. All right? Then you have the Clippers, Memphis, and Miami win at least one of those three. And if you can survive the first five, and when I mean survive, I know it's an 82-game season, but you do not want to fall in a hole early in this Western Conference. Then you hit the road at Charlotte, very winnable game. At Miami, tough game. At Orlando, very winnable. And then you go to Golden State to wrap up that four-game trip before you come home to entertain Cleveland. So what about the depth on this team? What about... The starting five. Again, I think this team is deep. I think when you look at Fox, he's got to increase his shooting percentage both from downtown and from the line. And he also has to play a minimum of 70 games. I'm not convinced that De'Aaron Fox can do that with the style of basketball that he plays. That concerns me right there. I know Davion Mitchell played well last year, but you're paying Fox $30 million to be the real engine in this car. And he needs to be on the floor for a minimum of 60 games. Love picking up Kevin Herter. Love picking up Malik Monk. Obviously, you draft Keegan Murray. But if you look at the best five players on the floor, Fox, Herter, Barnes, Murray, and Sabonis, and I'm not as concerned about who starts as who is on the floor at the end of the game. But I like to pick up, as I said, a Malik Monk. I think that this team is very happy with their top 10 players, with the Rashawn Holmes, who now comes off the bench in all likelihood. I just like the depth. Again, the depth is what intrigues me with this team. We know Sabonis is the real deal. He's a two-time All-Star. I think Harrison Barnes is going to have a very good season because Barnes is as good as the people that he plays with. And he's got high basketball IQ people around him. And I really like that. That's the thing. I'm very impressed with Kevin Herter and Keegan Murray. Herter, obviously, he's been in the league a couple of years. His basketball IQ is very good. And then there's Keegan Murray. So you might be asking yourself, well, Grant, based on everything you're saying, how come you don't have the Kings in the top nine? Well, I don't have the Kings in the top nine because, number one, they are going to have injuries. Uh, Number two, they play in the Western Conference. And, again, who are you going to put the Kings ahead of that I put them? Am I going to put them ahead of Golden State? Am I going to put ahead of Denver, Phoenix, Memphis, Minnesota, the Clippers? Those six teams right there. Golden State in no particular order, going just randomly. Golden State, Denver, Phoenix, Memphis, Minnesota, and the Clips. You taking the Kings over any of those teams? I'm not. What about Dallas? Well, if Luka were to get hurt, yes, I could see them being ahead of Dallas. What about the Lakers? Yes, 
if Anthony Davis gets hurt, slipping, getting out of the shower again, or whatever the case may be with him, stumbling, getting out of the car at the Staples Center or whatever the hell it's called now, yes, I could see that happening. But if Luka does not get hurt and Davis and LeBron could play a good part of the season together, and I'm not even talking about anybody else on that team, they're two of the top five players in the world, two of the top six or seven if you want to really debate it, but the point is they're two of the best. I think they finish at least 500, and I don't think the Kings are winning 41 games. All right, so how many games are the Kings going to win? Last year, they win 30 games. They hit a home run in the draft, I believe, with Keegan Murray. How many games is Murray and Herter and Monk going to mean for this team? I'm going to say it means between six and eight, okay? So I think the Kings, I'm going to split the difference and say that the Kings will win 37 games this year, all right, and lose 45. I got them going 37 and 45. Now, if you win 37 games, if you go by last year, that gets you into the play-in tournament. The Spurs were 10 with 34. Now, I've been very clear about this. The play-in tournament is nothing to get excited about, all right? If you're the Spurs and you are the 10th seed in the West and you have 34 wins, that's a bad year. Now, I know Kings fans don't care. In other words, if you tell the Kings that they're going to be playing at least one extra game, they're going to go absolutely crazy, all right? They're going to go bonkers. But for me personally, no. New Orleans was in the play-in tournament last year. They won both their games. They were a legitimate playoff team, okay? They were a legitimate playoff team. So don't tell me about getting in at number 10 with 34 or 35 wins. It's nothing to get excited about, all right? Win the play-in tournament if you get in. What is the best-case scenario for the Sacramento Kings? I mean best-case. I mean that everyone stays relatively healthy. Fox shoots 75 cent or better from the line. You know, raises his three-point shooting percentage by a couple of points. Plays a minimum of 72 of the 82 games. Sabonis doesn't get hurt. Murray is as good as he looks. Then what do I think is best case scenario for the Kings in the West? I think 41. Murray's still a rookie, albeit a little bit older. All right? He's probably going to log a lot of minutes. He's not used to playing this many games. And you got to worry about that proverbial rookie wall that will eventually hit in March or April. Again, the West at the top of the tier is very, very good. So to me, best case is 41 and 41. Now, if the Kings could win 41 games, there should be a parade in downtown Sacramento. 41 wins would be a hell of a year for Sacramento, and they would be trending in the right direction. But I don't see the Kings, best case scenario, I mean best case scenario, winning more than 41 games. I do find it interesting that a lot of people that cover the NBA don't even mention Sacramento when they do their previews and everything else. It's almost like they do not exist. I like that from the Kings' perspective, all right? Again, no one's expecting a thing from them. Uh, Mike Brown has preached defense. I'm not a big believer in what I see in the preseason. I'll be a big believer starting tomorrow against a Portland team that I think is going to be lucky to win 30 games this year. Now, I know they added Jeremy Grant, Gary Payton II, they have Damian Lillard, but for something doesn't look right 
up there in the Pacific Northwest with the Portland Trailblazers. I think the Kings not only will win tomorrow, I think they're going to win the game by 10 or more points tomorrow. I really do. I think the Kings are going to uh, roll, and then we'll find out. We'll get an easy, not easy, we'll get an early season test, all right, to see where the Kings are at in their next two games against two teams that I think are clearly top four teams in the West, the Clippers followed by the Golden State Warriors. Again, we're going to talk more about this tomorrow on my YouTube live channel at 3 o'clock Pacific with Jerry Reynolds. All right, we'll get his thoughts. He'll break it down for us, both the Kings and the Western Conference. That's tomorrow, if you don't like that, with Grant Napier. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grant. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is now time for our CrowdUltra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com and maybe I will answer your question on my next podcast. Rich wants to know, do you think the NFL is taking Dan Snyder's threat seriously? I think there's a lot of talk, Rich, behind the scenes as it relates to Dan Snyder, and I think the NFL would be a better business without Dan Snyder in it. So there's always a lot more that goes on than meets the eye, and I guarantee you that's going on behind the scenes right now. Casey asks, are you more surprised by how the Giants or Jets are performing this season? I would say I'm equally surprised, Casey. I thought the Giants and the Jets would be among the two worst teams in the NFL, and here we are, and they are combined 9-3 and in the first six weeks of the season, which is absolutely remarkable. I mean, the fact that the Giants are 5-1 and and have victories, road wins, against both number one seeds from a year ago in Tennessee and Green Bay uh, is mind-boggling to me, even though the Packers don't look very good. But, you know, 5-1... and Uh, is the real deal. The Jets, right, with only two losses, good for them. There's a lot to be excited about because these fans in both these franchises, uh, they've had some very lean years as of late. So I'm really not surprised by one more than the other. Uh, I would say equally so. Phil wants to know, who wins the World Series now that the Dodgers are out? I think it's going to be Houston. 
I think this is going to be Dusty Baker's year to win as a skipper. I like the way the table is set up for them. And as I'm recording this, I don't know what the uh, outcome of the Yankees-Cleveland game is. I think that the Astros will win the ALCS and win it rather easily. And if it's the Yankees, I don't know if the Yankees win more than a game. I really don't. Corey wants to know, should the Cardinals start thinking about finding a new quarterback? Going to be tough, Corey. They just gave him a, a hell of a lot of money with a big guarantee. They pretty much have put their marbles in Kyler Murray's basket. So I don't think he's going anywhere, but I would be very worried if I'm uh, Cliff Kingsbury right now. Jackson wants to know, is the new lawsuit going to have any effect on Watson's suspension? Jackson, I think the only thing that would change the suspension of Watson would be a criminal proceeding. I don't think one more lawsuit is going to have an effect on the NFL and Watson. I think if it ends up going through the judicial system and he's found guilty, then yes, absolutely. Joe wants to know, would you bet on the Padres or Phillies winning the NLCS? I wouldn't bet on either of the teams. you know. But again, you think of the Padres, they just beat a team with 111 wins. The Phillies went through Atlanta rather easily. And, you know, Atlanta had been hot. They had just swept the Mets the weekend before to win the division. It's going to be a hell of a series. I think the National League is going to be much more interesting than the American League. I think the Astros will cruise in the ALCS. I think the Padres of Phillies is going to be a long series. I really do. Matt asks, has Pickett lost his starting job going forward? No, because the Steelers aren't very good, all right? They're not going to have a lot of wins, and I think Pickett's their future. So I don't think he has lost his starting job going forward, but we'll see. I have a lot of respect for the way that organization does business. I'm a huge fan of Mike Tomlin. I just love everything about that Steelers organization. They normally do things uh, the right way. Phil asks, are the Dodgers one of the biggest playoff disappointments in MLB history? Yeah, they are. They're right up there. I think maybe number one year after year. And don't tell me about 2020. I don't want to hear about a 60-game season. Yes, absolutely. I think they are the biggest playoff disappointment in MLB history because it happens every single year. So, yes, absolutely. Mike wants to know if I've ever met Tom Brady. I have not. Martin wants to know, will Westbrook actually be willing to play his best off the bench? We'll see. It's going to be one of the nice developing stories going on in this season. All right? Which starts tonight. Two games. Hard to believe, right? All right, don't forget, go to crowdultra.com, and maybe I'll answer your question on Friday's podcast. It's time for rant, 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 rant. And today's rant is brought to you by Zoom 180. What is Zoom 180, you ask? It is a new flashlight that is currently in production as we speak. And when you see this flashlight, you are going to be blown away. You will have never seen anything quite like this with a depth of field of 180 degrees. You don't have to point the flashlight. You turn it on and you will be able to see everything. It is a wow effect. Zoom 180, it will be available soon. I'll tell you how you can get it. I'll tell you everything you need to know. I'll have one in my house. I can guarantee you that or more. This is amazing. Keep your eye open for Zoom 180. I don't know about you, but I'm getting really sick of Stephen A. Smith's act as it pertains to alleged racism. I mean, come on. You know, enough is enough already. And I have a lot of respect for Stephen A. Smith, but I got to tell you, I'm starting to lose some of the respect. Now he's upset about Tom Brady going off on the sideline on his offensive line 
on Sunday. Smith said on ESPN's first take, we need to be consistent. Was Tom Brady passionate or was he the angry white guy? Because if that was somebody else doing what he was doing with his offensive lineman, if that was a black man, we would have been talking about his temper. We would have been talking about the fact he might not need to act like that with the cameras rolling. All I'm trying to say is that when a black quarterback does that, I don't want to hear nothing about it. Since nobody is saying anything about Tom Brady doing it. You know, enough with this race baiting card. Enough with this nonsense. You know, enough with this crap. All right, really. Stephen A. Smith, shut the hell up, would you please? Just shut the hell up. You're doing more to damage race relations in the United States with stupid, asinine comments like this. You ought to be embarrassed. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. The fact that you make so much damn money, you have an ironclad contract, you say what you want whenever you want, there's no repercussions, you don't have to do anything other than an occasional I'm sorry, you don't get fined, you don't get suspended. I mean, it's a joke. It's an absolute disgrace. It really is. Shut the hell up about your alleged racism, black, white, white, black. Enough is enough. Your act is getting old. It's getting tiresome. And quite frankly, it's enough to make me, other than my good friend Chris Mad Dog Russo, who's on with you every Wednesday, other than that, I'm not watching your damn ass because I'm sick and tired of your rhetoric. Enough, enough already. As Bobby Burak of Outkick wrote, and I can't really argue with him, he said recently, Stephen A. Smith defended both Aaron Donald and Devontae Adams for assaulting people. He used race as the crux of his defense. Smith and cry bully Ryan Clark even told white people to stop complaining about black players hitting teammates. He went on and said this, did Bobby Burak. ESPN puts Lamar Jackson on a pedestal above even Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Jackson has thrown multiple game-losing interceptions this season, yet Smith's program runs segments asking if Jackson's supporting cast or coaches are to blame for the losses. It's never Lamar's fault at ESPN. Bobby Burak continues to write, ESPN employs Bamani Jones, whom Smith added to the first take rotation last week, merely to blame white people for all of the issues in sports. That is not hyperbole. Jones actually said last year that, quote, white people are the problem. Smith's colleague, Mark Jones, shares posts on Twitter cheering for the injuries of white players. ESPN PR execs Chris LaPlaca and Josh Krulowitz won't address Jones's behavior and thus support it. That's how much white privilege, as Smith puts it, exists in sports media. Not only would Smith and ESPN not criticize a black player for yelling at teammates as Brady did, but they would also run segments warning the rest of the media not to dare criticize the black player. Smith sent a similar warning to the press following Ime Yudoka's suspension by informing the industry and criticisms would be rooted into a racial bias. There's a large wing of sports media pundits who have no career if not for racial hysteria, writes Bobby Burak. This group includes Bamani Jones, Sarah Spain, Mark Jones, Mina Kimes, Ellie Duncan, Max Kellerman, and Robert Griffin III, in parentheses, the dumbest guy on television. This group has to rely on racial division. Smith needs not. Smith's a superstar. He's one of the few difference makers in the industry. So it's more disappointing to see him stoop to the level of the race hustlers above. At this point, Stephen A. Smith might have to criticize Joy Reid and Tiffany Cross for favoring white people as well. That's Bobby Burak. You can read the rest of his column and Outkick. Spot freaking on. Stephen A., stop it already. You're much better than this. Enough is enough. And that's my rant for today. That's my podcast for today. Have yourself a fabulous week. Don't forget tomorrow, 3 o'clock Pacific, on my YouTube channel, if you don't like that with Grant Napier. Jerry Reynolds will join me. Can't wait. 
So long, everybody. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.